Today wraps up our saga on the life and murders of John Wayne Gacy. We'll discuss the ongoing police surveillance of Gacy, how this affected his mental health, his eventual arrest, and the seemingly never-ending search of his home and discovery of bodies. We'll also take a look at his trial, his defense's strategy, and his inevitable conviction. It's time to put Pogo the Clown down. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And this is Pogo the Clown. Stick around to hear the exciting conclusion of the story of my alter ego, John Wayne Gacy. Then, go lay down in your crawl space and fuck yourself. This is Necronomapod. In Chicago, the jury in the Gacy mass murder trial will decide a sentence today after finding Gacy guilty of murder. Norma Quarles reports. John Wayne Gacy was called the worst of all murderers by the prosecutor, a man responsible for enough misery to last a century. It took the jury less than two hours to reject the defense argument that Gacy was insane and to find Gacy guilty of murdering 33 young men during a seven-year killing spree. Gacy showed absolutely no emotion as all the murder counts were read, but he winked before he left the courtroom. It was an emotional time for relatives of the victims, and many like Ken Peace, whose brother was killed, want revenge. And now the same jury that found Gacy guilty will decide whether he should be sentenced to die. All right, give me some of your favorite sports movies. You know, I'm throwing something at you here off the top. Think about it a little bit. Some of your favorite sports movies. Doesn't have to be your, the best, the top three even. Just give me some ones that you enjoy, that you like. I'll give you some of mine <laughs> off the top. What's so funny? You, no, no. you struggling over there? No, I, just, I just draw blanks on these kind of questions. Go ahead, you go first and I can think. Well, I'm from Cleveland. Major League is fantastic. That's a good one. Remember the Titans, amazing movie. Is that Denzel? Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, also, if you're a hockey fan, Slapshot, fantastic movie. Paul Newman. I like Slapshot. Yeah, 1979, yeah. I believe. And the Triplets. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. I'm going to say Caddyshack off the top of my head. Caddyshack. Probably one of the greatest yeah. movies ever. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like your favorite, just ones that you enjoy. <sighs> Rudy or fucking... Uh, I, th- I like Draft what? Day a lot, I thought. I've never seen it. So here's the thing. I worked for the Browns. Yeah, you were there. I was on set. I met Jennifer Garner. She introduced me to her dad. So we're essentially dating. Her and I. Um, ben F. Who? Yeah. Well, notice that they did get divorced not long after that. Just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. You were plowing her. That's why. Well, you said that, not me. Um, I held the door for Kevin Costner. He looked at me and said, thanks. It's awesome. That was awfully nice. I was on set for the filming of Draft Day. So I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to ruin my experience of seeing like behind the scenes type. But I heard it was a good movie. I thought it was real good. Really? Yeah. I didn't expect it to be a good movie. I don't know. That was great. All right. I'll watch it. Uh, also, when I was a kid, loved the movie Little Giants. Loved it. With fucking uh, Al Bundy that. and uh, Al Bundy. Uh, Rick Moranis. Yes. Oh, so right. good. I remember it's, that. One. With their brothers, and Rick Moranis is just like the runt little brother, and the coaches football team. It's good. Little Giants was so good as a kid. Mighty Ducks was amazing. The first one was good, and it got stupid. So that's my list. I gave you like 57 movies. I would agree with everything that you guys said pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one I was going to add to it was uh, The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome movie. What about what was the movie with Shaq? Shazam? Oh my God. Yeah. What about Space Damn. Jam? Space Jam was all right. Space yeah, Space Jam. Space They're good. making a new one with LeBron. What did I watch recently? The Ford versus Ferrari was really good. I heard that was amazing. It was great. I haven't seen that yet. I want to watch that. Yeah, that um, looks good. Can I throw in 
course. Fighting with my family, the the Page movie that they did not too long ago. Of course, it was really good. I haven't watched it. I heard it was terrible. Well, fuck that! It was great. <laughs> yeah, but you also love Paige. So, well, she wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Still, you pretend. <laughs> I do like Paige. She's got new boobs. You pretend too. she's getting a money shot over a world title belt, <laughs> like she did in her little fucking sex video. She is fantastic. She's a naughty little thing, isn't she? Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She's got, I like getting Dave all riled up over Paige. She's got brand new giant boobs. She, she's trying to make herself look like a porn star. She is looking Her lips very are nice. huge. Her boobs are huge. Her waist is shrinking. I remember when she used to be a good wrestler. Yeah. Now she just... She's a good looking woman. Takes loads of the face. Didn't she fuck up her neck really bad? That's why she doesn't wrestle. Yeah, she actually yeah. had a real bad injury. For those of you wrestling fans that give a shit. Apparently she's married to a piece of shit, too. I don't... You know, listen to Pod Van Dam. Our boys over there, Ed's got you covered with uh, her husband. He's got all kinds of beef with that guy, and rightfully mm. so. So check them out. Anyways, I think we're closing up a story today. Yeah, where we speaking left of, off on part. Speaking oh, of pieces of shit. Good segue. <laughs> After Ian starts talking, and I interrupt <laughs> him, fucking ruin his flow. Please take away. We're still we're, uh, we're still dealing with uh, COVID delays. It's all right. It happens. A little bit. It's not going to be perfect. Where we left off on part two, Gacy had given that drunken confession to his lawyers and passed out halfway through it and just got up in the morning and said, got to go tend to my business stuff. I'll see you guys later. Gacy later recollected his memories of his final day of freedom as being, quote, hazy, adding that he knew his arrest was inevitable and that his final hours of freedom, he intended to visit his friends and say his final farewells. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, they were they they were ramping up everything. They were just taking all of his vehicles. They had the dogs sniffing his cars and stuff. I mean, so do you think resignation has uh, clearly set in at this point? Yes, I think so too. And, and he knows. He knows. Well, I think I think he drunkenly confessed because he wanted to be done with it. I think he was just tired of the stress. I I think that's right. So here's my question though, at this point. He's a semi-wealthy guy. Why aren't Why aren't you trying to get out of the country? Yeah, that's an interesting aspect of it. Did he want to run away from all of it? I, you know, I mean, he knows what's going to ultimately be found at his but house. I'm saying maybe he wants to just accept it. I guess there's a lot of countries on the planet that have no extradition treaties, and so this is what's interesting too. And I'm not even sure we discussed this. Somebody on Instagram commented on one of our photos and said. He has a whole page dedicated to his meetings with Gacy. His his entire Instagram is dedicated to his one-on-one meetings while Gacy was in prison. Really? And said Gacy loved the attention he got. I I believe that for sure. So I, I and I never followed up with the guy other than, you know, just saying cool, but or something to that effect, but he, you know, he met allegedly met with Gacy a bunch. He's got all kinds of photos apparently of him and Gacy while they were, he Gacy was in prison and said Gacy Ate up all the media attention he got. I, I, Ian, I think that's a potential interview for you. Yeah, that would sound, that would be really cool. I'll send you the information. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm just saying that's, uh, I thought maybe Gacy wanted to be caught. Oh, thanks for ignoring that all week, Mike. I didn't ignore it. I paid attention to it. I just didn't (laughs) tell you guys. (laughs) Let me find this. this. Upon leaving his lawyer's office, Gacy drove to a Shell gas station where, in the course of filling his rental car, he handed a small bag of weed to the attendant, Lance Jacobson. 
Jacobs had immediately handed the bag to the surveillance officers, adding that Gacy had told him, quote, the end is coming for me. These guys are going to kill me. Not too so far this, off, yeah. So this kid was like, yeah, I'm not ha- taking this here. <laughs> I'm going to give it to the obvious cops that are yeah. trailing you. <laughs> yeah, there's like 10 cops watching you fucking Pogo the Clown. You're giving me bags of weed. <laughs> Gacy then drove to the home of a fellow contractor, Ronald Rode. Inside Rode's living room, Gacy hugged Rode before bursting into tears and saying, quote, I've been a bad boy. I killed 30 people, give or take a few. Oh, my God. I've been a bad boy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a little horn gimmick. Oh, my God. Gacy then left Road and drove to David Cram's home to meet with Cram and Rossi. As he drove along the expressway, the surveillance officers noted he was holding a rosary to his chin as he prayed while driving. After talking with Cram and Rossi, Gacy had Cram give him a scheduled meeting with Leroy Stevens. As Gacy spoke with his lawyer, Cram informed the officers that Gacy had told him and Rossi that the previous evening he had confessed to his lawyers his guilt in over 30 murders. Gacy then had Cram drive him to Mary Hill Cemetery where his father was buried. Aw, proud Papa Gacy. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't Cram and Rossi sound like a comedy duo? Cram and Rossi (laughs) sounds like a vinaigrette that I'm going to pour on my salad. The new Cram and Rossi vinaigrette. (laughs) You got the comedy stylings of Cram and Rossi this evening. <laughs> Give a big round of applause, folks. Cram and Rossi. Rossi and Cram. Every one of those studios, like, they snap. Like, there's no clapping. It's just <laughs> turtlenecks and snapping of fingers. As Gacy drove to various locations that morning, police outlined their formal draft of their second search warrant. The purpose of the warrant was to specifically search for the body of Robert Peist in the crawl space. Upon hearing from the surveillance detectives that in light of his erratic behavior, Gacy may be about to commit suicide, police decided to arrest him on the charge of possession and distribution of marijuana in order to hold him in custody as the formal request for the second search warrant was presented. So big distro charge for giving the kid a little bag of weed at the gas station? Yeah, well, I like I said, I they the were like... playing the system. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because they're like, getting that vibe that this, this guy's going to kill himself here saying all these goodbyes and shit yeah at 4 30 p.m on december 21st the eve of the hearing of gacy's civil suit the request for a second search warrant was granted by judge marvin j peters after police informed gacy of their intentions to search his crawl space for the for the body of robert peist gacy denied the teenager was buried there but confessed to having killed a young man in self-defense and buried his body under his garage. Of course, that's the only murder he committed. It was self-defense. Only did it once. Yeah, he probably could have got away. If How dare that just... kid defend himself when Gacy tried to handcuff him and rape him in the ass? That was that weird one. That first one where he just was making a breakfast, but he still had the knife in his hand. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember we? Well, t- allegedly. Well, allegedly. That's what. That's what. Allegedly, the kid yeah, made him breakfast and then entered his bedroom with a knife in his hand. I'm not sure I really buy that, though. What did he say? Like, the table was set for the two of them and whatever? He just woke up out of a a deep sleep and thought he was trying to kill him. He was just making a breakfast, though. Who knows? I'm not a morning person either, so. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Don't come and try to wake me up. Tell me you got breakfast. Just let me sleep. Armed with the signed search warrant, police and evidence technicians drove to Gacy's home. 
Upon their arrival, officers found that Gacy had unplugged his sub pump and that the crawl space was flooded with water. To clear the water, they simply replaced the plug and waited for the water to drain. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll just unplug my sump pump. I'll flood them. Yeah, they'll never find it then. <laughs> okay. After it had drained, evidence technician Daniel Genty entered the 28 by 38 foot crawl space, crawled to the southwest area, and began digging. Within minutes, he had uncovered putrefied flesh and a human arm bone. Genty immediately shouted to the investigators that they could charge Gacy with murder. Genty also added, quote, I think this place is full of kids. Can you was, imagine was that he scene? Just basing that on what he had found based on like the, the bones he had found? So I was watching and, like, some the, news maybe clips. the size of like the, the like the grave, I guess, mm. maybe. Yeah, so when I was wa- I was watching some like old news archives of this, like when, when all this was going down, and one of the lead investigators was doing an interview before they like dug up the whole crawl space and he said that there were like mounds everywhere in there where you could tell that something was buried so they were going to have to dig up all of them so i think once he found that arm and like looked around and saw like these little mounds of dirt everywhere that he was like yeah there's probably kids buried in every one of these mounds do you think they even meant like smaller kids like because we're talking like late teenagers right like 15 to 18 or 20 do right. you think initially they meant like younger? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The victim was too decomposed to be piced, and as the body was later unearthed, a crime scene technician discovered the skull of a second victim alongside this body. Later excavations of the feet of this second victim revealed a further skull beneath the body. Because of this, technicians returned to the trench where the first body was unearthed, discovering the rib cage of a fourth victim within the crawl space, confirming that the, the, there was a massive scale to these murders. Because who's going to think about that? They're like, eh, this one guy, maybe two people? Well, but he had already got- admitted to how many, so who knows what you're thinking at this point? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's just unimaginable, though. Yeah. I would not be After- Going in there, digging this shit up. Oh, can you imagine being down in that no. fucking crawl space? It'd be terrifying. It'd be holy sad. Shit. It'd be horrible. It'd be smelly. It'd be disgusting. There, are, it's a special kind of people to be able to do that. It, it really is. Yeah, I would not ever be able to do that. And all props to them. I, I couldn't do that. After being informed that the police had found human remains in his crawl space and that he would now face murder charges, Gacy told officers he wanted to, quote, clear the air, adding that he had known his arrest was inevitable since the previous evening, which he had spent on the couch in his lawyer's office. Drunk. I'd be out of the fucking country, man. <laughs> Unless he just wanted the attention. and that, was like, That's what I was saying know. before. Yeah. In the early morning hours of December 22nd, 1978, and in the presence of his lawyers, Gacy provided a formal statement in which he confessed to murdering approximately 30 young males, all of whom he claimed had entered his house willingly. Some victims were referred to by name, but most names Gacy claimed not to know or remember. He claimed all were teenage male runaways or male prostitutes, the majority of whom he had buried in his crawl space. One victim was from Round Lake. Another had been from Michigan. When shown a driver's license issued to Robert Haston, which had been found on his property, Gacy claimed to not know this individual, but admitted this license had been in his possession of one of his victims. Do you think it's an excuse in his mind with this this whole they had entered willingly stuff? 
Pro- probably. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like Maybe he, like Kemper, how he always paints himself out to be a good guy. Yeah, like if you wouldn't have put yourself in this situation and and entered my house, you would have been fine, kind of thing. Yeah, absolving yourself of responsibility. Yeah, he probably wasn't quite as smart as Kemper was, but I think just still. Yeah, sure. Still, a, he's still an intelligent guy. Gacy claimed to have only dug five of the victims' graves in this location, and had his employees, including Gregory Godzik dig the remaining trenches so he would, quote, have graves available. In January 1979, he had planned to, to further conceal the corpses by covering the entire crawl space with concrete. I would have maybe placed a little more urgency on that than the concrete work. <laughs> but he's been doing this for years. It's just, yeah. you know, they all get comfortable. Yeah, you're right. I mean, talk about premeditation, though, right? For real. Oh, yeah, for sure. When specifically questioned about Peist, Gacy confessed to strangling him at his house on the evening of December 11th after luring him there. He also admitted to having slept alongside Peist's body that evening before disposing the corpse in the Des Plaines River in the early hours of December 13th. The reason he had arrived at the police station in a dirty and disheveled manner in the early hours of December 13th was that he had been in a minor traffic accident en route to his appointment with Des Plaines officers after disposing of Pice's body. In this accident, his vehicle had slid off an ice-covered road, and he had unsuccessfully attempted to free the vehicle himself before the vehicle had to be towed from its location. It sure is bold, man. Yeah. They all get that way, though. What's funny is, though, he's getting that way now that he kind of knows he's caught. A lot of the killers, they get that way just because they get comfortable with their killings and they get sloppy. He's just, he knows he's going away, I feel yeah, like. Like, I, he just, he doesn't care. That whole sleeping next to Peist body uh, adds a new layer to the shit he was doing. It's really weird, man. Oh, man. I can't, I, I, uh, I just cannot even imagine. No, I'm terrified of dead yeah, bodies. Like, yeah. even of loved ones. Yeah. I don't want to go near them. It's just creepy. Let alone fucking getting off or sleeping with them. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, wait till we get the Jeffrey Dahmer. He would keep people for multiple days and no, just th- sleep in bed with them i thought oh. we unanimously voted that we're never going to cover Dahmer, right we, just, <laughs> yeah. we asked him we're never going to cover him who jeffrey who yeah stop asking <laughs> folks motherfuckers just go away we're not covering jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> or ted bundy fuck off with that never ever ever we'll be accompanied by a couple months so. <laughs> accompanied by police and his lawyers gacy was driven to the spot on the i-55 bridge from which he had confessed to have thrown the bodies of Peist, Landingen, and three other victims that summer into the Des Plaines River. Gacy was then taken to his house and instructed to mark his garage floor with orange spray paint to show where he had buried this individual he had supposedly killed in self-defense, whom Gacy named as John Buktovich. During his confession to assist officers in their search for victims buried beneath his house, Gacy drew a rough... Dr- Drew Gacy drew a rough diagram of his basement upon a phone message sheet to indicate where the bo- where their bodies were buried. Twenty six bodies would ultimately be unearthed from Gacy's crawl space over the next week, and two more were later unearthed somewhere else on his property. Can you imagine just going about your day to day life, just knowing there's twenty something bodies just rotting in you know under your floorboards? I, I I can't like I couldn't put myself in that headspace. It's just such insanity. Or like when he would have his 
summer parties and people, all those people would be coming over to his house and there's just bodies underneath the floor. Like, how can you do that? I, like he has po- politicians out at his house for those parties and stuff, and yeah. there's just bodies everywhere. Twenty six people buried in your in your crawl space. They get nervous, you know, when people are coming over and uh, your house isn't clean, like not spo- <laughs> yeah. you know spotless. Yeah. This guy's got right. fucking yeah, for sure. cor- corpses right. under just the rotting. floorboards, rotting. Mm. I Cook can't. County. I can't put myself in that headset. Yeah, it's it's no. hard. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead, Ian. Cook County Medical Examiner Robert Stein supervised the removal of the bodies. Each victim unearthed from the crawl space was placed in a body bag and the body placed near the front door awaiting late afternoon transportation to the mortuary. All the victims discovered at 8213 Summerdale were in advanced state of decomposition and Stein mainly relied on dental records and x-ray charts to facilitate the identification of the remains. Identifications were also supported via personal artifacts found at the home like driver's license. Hey, so drivers. Remi- yeah, remind me how far back uh, was the first victim? Like, what's the time frame we're working on here? Seventy-two was the first one. Ooh, God! Why couldn't that be a trivia question? I would have guessed seventy-two. Really? Honest then- to God, I remembered seventy-two because <laughs> it was like seventy-two to like seventy-eight. So that's a long time. And seventy-four was the second, according to him. Right. Yeah, because it was that long period. Because that's where it might have been an accident. That first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a long span of time. Awesome. Ask me about Gacy and trivia. I, I don't think so. Fucking bury, bury <laughs> those motherfuckers that are coming at me. I'll put them in little basement <laughs> crypts. Oh, my. It's quite, quite a challenge, my friend. Come at Mike, put, get put in a crawl space in trivia. It's a bold That's, statement. <laughs> especially when I'm over four. <laughs> Be buying me a shirt. Several bodies unearthed at Gacy's property were found with plastic bags over their heads or upper torsos. Several were also found with the rope still around their necks. In some cases, bodies were found with foreign objects such as prescription bottles lodged into their pelvic region, the position of which indicated the items had been thrust into the victim's anus. God damn. So It's not a way to go. Nope. No. I can't even imagine the with the torture and stuff that these these young guys went through yeah. before they died it's really it's terrible bad. it's it's awful the crawl space was marked in sections and each body was given an identification number the first body recovered from the crawl space was assigned a marker denoting the victim as body one the body of john buktovich was labeled as body two on december 23rd investigators returned to unearth three corpses which had been buried in the same trench as body one Body 3 was buried in the crawl space directly above body 4. Alongside body 5 was buried directly beneath body 1. A cloth rag was found inside this victim's mouth. Are you guys drawing a map at home? Because you should be, based on Ian's descriptions. (laughs) I hope you're all drawing a map. Send us your photos of the maps of these bodies. (laughs) The search for victims was temporarily postponed over Christmas. Four more bodies were unearthed on December 26th. Bodies number 6 and 7 were buried in the same grave. Body 7 was gagged with a cloth, leading investigators to conclude this victim most likely died of asphyxiation. Body 8 was found with a tourniquet used to strangle him, still knotted around his neck. And Body 9 was found beneath a layer of concrete and was found to have several stab wounds to the ribs and sternum, suggesting that was Gacy's first victim. The breakfast guy we were just talking about. Yeah, because he sat on his chest and then just started stabbing him. And can you imagine being the crime scene guys just day after day? 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I couldn't do this job. Like, like you know, everywhere you dig, you're going to find more bodies. Yeah. And it was right before Christmas, so you go home for your Christmas break. and You have one day off Christmas Day. What do you do? Like, do you celebrate? Like, like do the, you just drink heavily? Yeah. Are you, talk, are you sitting at Christmas dinner talking about, you know. Like, who's carving a ham yeah. thinking about these bodies you're digging up? Mm, That's so, what I mean. Like, it's really disturbing. You have to be a, good, a special kind of person to do that work. Like you, cause that's the kind of work you take home with you. You don't, you don't just forget about the little body, like of a, of teen, teen boy you dig up and you go home and like you sleep well that no, night. Yeah. That's why I, props to them. On December 27th, eight more bodies were discovered. Body 10 was buried face upwards, parallel to the wall of the crawl space directly beneath the entrance to Gacy's home. Both body 11 and body 12 were found with a ligature around their necks and both were buried beside each other in the center of the crawl space, directly beneath the hallway. Body 13 was found beneath the spare bedroom. Bodies 14 and 15 were recovered from a common grave diagonal to body 10. The upper torso of both victims was concealed in a plastic bag. Body 16 was found close to body 13. This victim was found with a cloth rag lodged deep in his throat, causing the victim to die of suffocation. The 17th victim was found with a ligature around his neck. And just real quick, there's something about these decomposing bodies and them finding like the cloth lodged in their neck or the prescription bottle like up in their pelvic region that really creeps me out for some reason. It's a weird scene, right? Yeah, that's really creepy. Just also just my own standpoint being like the guy that's from the outside that, you know, never studied any of this coming in. I will forever associate the term ligature with Jean Benet Ramsey. That's fair. Sure. I think it was the first time we ever really covered it heavily, at least with any of the stories we've done. And it just stuck with me just to how fucking intense it is and terrible. Whenever I see, hear, see or read the word ligature now, I just think of that and those fucking awful crime scene photos. I, I do find the cloth on the throat. Like, what's the, like, physically, how does that take place? Do you say? Are they, you mean, like, are they trying to scream? Does yeah. It just, how do you get just, someone to open their mouth like that and shove it down your throat without, I don't know. Or do you think he waits till they're dead? Biting your hand. You think that wait till they're dead? But then what's the point of waiting till they're dead? I don't know. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Or is that what killed them? Know. Is that what killed them? You, you, if you choke them, maybe they're going to open their mouth to try to breathe. Yeah. Choke them, close their nose. I guess. I just feel uh, like someone's shoved it down my throat. I'm biting their fingers off. Yeah. But if you're gasping for air, yeah. that's your only way. You're not going to close your mouth to bite, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's impossible to put yourself in right. that situation. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? That'd be your the only salvation is to bite. You'd have to bite. Yeah, you have to. The following day, four more bodies were exhumed. Body 19 was buried directly beneath Gacy's master bedroom, perpendicular to body 18, which was located beneath the spare bedroom and which was found with a ligature around the neck. Body 20 was buried in the northwest corner of the crawl space, perpendicular to body 19. By December 29th, six more bodies were unearthed. Bodies 22, 23, 24, and 26 were buried located beneath Gacy's kitchen and laundry room, with body 25 located beneath Gacy's bathroom. Body 22 was found directly beneath Gacy's kitchen with a section of cloth-like material lodged in his throat. Two socks were recovered from the pelvic region. This victim was buried directly beneath body 21, recovered the previous day. How did he keep track of where they're all buried? Like, I mean, he clearly had a system. Did he? I don't know if that's true. I mean, everyone's beneath everyone. 
He he had other people digging the graves. Or is it just? Or you think he just stacked them all up? Whatever rooms open that day, or whatever spots open that day. I guess maybe I don't. know. It just seems. It very, does seem to be chronological, though. I, yeah, I, like, I I know what you mean. He's just he he's got these people placed everywhere. Like there was no there was no multiple bodies in a grave. I think it's just pile on until this one's full, and then you know have one of these schlubs dig me a new one. I guess so. Operations were then suspended due to the Chicago blizzard of 1979, but resumed in March despite Gacy's insistence that all buried victims had been found. When we when we talk about stories like this, I start thinking about how many how many other houses like this are out there that have never been found. You know, like people that weren't as sloppy as brazen as Gacy covered their tracks, covered their tracks a lot better. Because back in this day, it's almost like if you didn't get cocky and arrogant, you could probably do a good job of just randomly killing sure. people if you were random about it and killed people. This guy was this guy was picking off people that worked for him. I mean, the, and he the, got away with it for this long. For this long, the trail was led back to him. So imagine if you were random, like who was it? Like the Richard Chases that were random? Or was it the Garrett? It was Richard Chase, right? He the was orange coat. Completely random. He's the one who just yeah. sh- like shot the guy getting groceries out of his driveway. Yeah. Want ask me about him, motherfuckers, in trivia. God damn, pallies. But I mean, the number of people that go missing in this country every week. How many houses are filled with bodies? How how many places like this have we just not found? It's it's a scary question to ask. I I know the FBI says that um, at any given time, they estimate that there's actively like around 250 active serial killers in the United States at any given time. I'm one of them. So, so you guys know. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Didn't we talk about this before? During your pee break? Yeah, pee break killer. (laughs) Pee break killer. You think he's pissing. He's murdering motherfuckers. And then pissing on the graves. So if you go by the the FBI's estimates, there should be like 250 of these places out there. That's five five in each state. What did Kemper say? How many did he say that was going on? Didn't he give a number at one point of what he estimated? He just said that there were more more people like him in the world. Oh, I thought he had given like a number at one point. I can't remember if he did or not, but I know he did say that there's more people like him I'm out there. Sure, there is. Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't. I don't want to know the specifics on that. On March 9th, body 28 was found wrapped with within several plastic bags and buried beneath the patio, approximately 15 feet from the barbecue pit in Gacy's backyard. And that's what I mean about people like partying at his house and shit. Like, you know, people yeah. were just standing on top of that body. It's creepy. Oh, maybe Rosalind Carter. <laughs> well, I don't think she let's made not it to throw, his house. Let's not throw no. the first lady under the bus here. I don't think she went to his house. I don't think so. Either. She's a sweetheart. On March 16th, body 29 was found beneath the dining room floor. And then Gacy's vacant house was almost immediately demolished after the investigation in April of 1979. Well, I guess if I live in that neighborhood, I'm for that, right? You yeah, and those news that. archives I was watching, they they were there were some interviews with people in the neighborhood, and that's what everyone's like. You just look out your front window and you just see the, they're just pulling bodies out of this house all day long. We want this house gone yeah. and this over and done with. Can you imagine what looking is? at that every day out your front window, body after body no. after body after body? No, of course I'd be sitting there watching. Of course. Yeah, I have a case of beer. I'd be sitting there watching Holy it, but it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. What What's there now? Do we know? A new house. Is it literally just like a like a residential area? 
I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like we talk about like H H Holmes, and now it's like you know just a fucking big ass block. No, that's a residential store. neighborhood. So uh, it's just a new house at the same plot, northwest of O'Hare. I think we talked about last week. Yeah, someone built yeah. a new house. People, in people still have to be going by that house. Then it's for sale. It not too long ago it was for sale. Is it right now? And it's still known as probably the Gacy House. It's the Gacy be. property. The yeah. property. Yeah, sure. The new house. On Would you the buy the that Gacy house? Property. Would you get that? Would you live there, Dave? And I don't mean like buy it like because you had extra money and you want to own it. Would you move there if you if you needed to live there? I don't there? think my wife would allow that. No. Okay. <laughs> Ian, would you do it? Uh, yeah, I think the same course, answer. Is, of course, you would. Same do answer as Dave, yeah. but I I would have no problem with that. I mean, I don't. It's a new house. I don't believe in hauntings or anything like that. I, it's just not. You just don't want to live there. I don't really want to live. No, the guy's a it's fucking just, piece of filth. Yeah. I don't. It's just not a good place to live. It probably wouldn't be healthy. I don't think. Like it's just not a good environment to be in. It's just bad karma, man. Yeah, I kind of. Then we should build a park. Do you believe in karma, Dave? I don't know. I don't think you believe in karma. Probably. Do not. you? No, it's just something cool to say. But no. I do. I I but need to. Just, like, when I say just, something stupid, I got to get that those vibes yeah, off me. We know, Ian. We know, yeah, we know. We know you don't love that. <laughs> That's why you were offering Dave all kinds of cookies the next pay per view he came to your house after you fucking told that motherfucker off. I said something real stupid at Dairy Queen, and then I was like, "Oh man, I got to get this shit off me." So I, I gave Dave all kind of cookies. <laughs> oh, I thought it was I because you, you fucking threatened his life when he was eating a cookie after that one paper no, at UFC. I said I said something really stupid at Dairy Queen, and I and Dave didn't come over that night, so I sent his wife home with some cookies to give Dave because I just right. needed to get that vibe off of me. <laughs> man, you and Jim Cornette, you don't like Dairy Queens. I mean, t- so like to answer your question, I would not buy. It's just not, you don't want to live there. That's I don't want to live space. there. I would not buy it because John Wayne Gacy lived there. I think he's a piece of garbage and I would not want but to. But it's not, he didn't live there. He lived in that space. It's just air. I wouldn't want to occupy that space. Do I, I agree. Do I think it's a bad spiritual place? No, I don't believe in stuff like that. But I, would I buy it for the for the Gacy shock value of it? No. Of course I, Well, not. if I had the extra money, I would. Sure. I would. I would again, I wouldn't live there. I would buy it for the value and I'd turn it into like some kind of museum or something. Yeah. But no, I agree. I, I don't believe in karma and all that BS, but I just wouldn't buy it just because it's just not it's not good place to live. Like no. people are gonna look at you, you're gonna be talking about you, you're gonna have to answer questions about it. I mean, which I to draw a similarity line here, the guy, you know, we live ten minutes away from Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood home. There's a guy in a similar situation who now lives in that house, and I, you know, has done interviews and stuff about living in Dahmer's childhood. Can home. we get him to talk on the show? I think we're gonna probably try. Can we get just him come in studio? He's fucking ten minutes away. Yeah, I'll give him some beers. Far. I'll pay for his fucking alcohol that night and drive him home. <laughs> Who's gonna fucking drive you home? What are you talking about? I'd stay sober if I had to for that. For that, I'd stay sober. Fuck, no one wants to hear from me in that that situation. No one wants to hear from me. Period. Let alone if we got fucking the guy who lives in Dahmer's house. God damn, pal. I'll do that shit. That would be, of course, a bonus episode available on Patreon. Patreon.com slash All the good stuff there. It really is. Just wait. We got some good stuff coming up. The victim found six miles downstream from the I-55 bridge on June 30th was not initially connected to Gacy. In January 1979, this victim was identified via fingerprint records and from a distinctive tattoo on his left bicep reading, quote, Tim Lee, which was an homage to Bruce Lee. And they identified this victim as Timothy O'Rourke. So this guy thought he was, you know, like the Bruce Lee of like white folk or like he was <laughs> yeah. just trained to like, like really, you have your own name on your arm. That's really weird, man. Yeah. 
That's an odd tattoo. Yeah. I have a tattoo. Yeah. It says Dave Kemper, and it's a picture of Ed Kemper's mom's <laughs> head underneath it. It's an homage to Ed Kemper. And Dave's dick going in the mouth. <laughs> Dave Kemper. Yeah, like, like That's kind of weird. Tim Lee. Get the fuck out of here comparing yourself to Bruce Lee. And it's like one of those home tattoos where it's it's like an arrow. You're my dick and an arrow. Your mom's severed head. <laughs> Pretty is that, cool. Is that a real tattoo that you've seen? No, I'm just oh, I thought stuff you, up. <laughs> you said it like you were like, oh, that's like one of those tattoos you've seen. And I was like, wait, fuck, people fucking have this? Have you ever seen like those homegrown tattoos or like a guy? Like in, I'm trying to remember what it was. I have like no ink stick, on my body. A stick figure drawing in the guy and it's like, me and it's like an arrow and it says your mom <laughs> okay <laughs> something like that an autopsy was unable to discount tra- strangulation as the cause of death this victim was numbered 31 following gacy's arrest investigators discovered he was a further victim the cause of frank langdon's the cause of death of frank langdon who was assigned victim number 32 was certified at autopsy as suffocation through his own underwear being lodged in his throat plugging his airway and and effectively causing him to drown on his own vomit. It's such a, it's such a bad way to go. It's just so harsh, disrespectful and it's brutal. I mean, all these ways he killed people is terrible. It's not, none of it's pleasant. Like he liked to torture them. He liked to make them suffer. Yeah. It's, it's specifically brutal in, in a lot of these. On December 28th, one further body linked to Gacy was found one mile from the I-55 bridge. This victim was identified as James Mazzara, whom Gacy confessed to having murdered shortly after Thanksgiving. Mazzara had been strangled with a ligature. On April 9th, 1979, a a decomposed body was discovered entangled in exposed roots on the edge of the Des Plaines River in Grundy County. The body was identified via dental records as being that of Robert Peist. A subsequent autopsy revealed that three wads of paper-like material had been shoved down his throat while he was still alive, causing him to die of suffocation. That's just, that almost makes me panicky trying to think of that. Then you're still alive and something is jammed into your throat. I, I agree completely. Which, like Dave brought up earlier, how do you do that? If you're still alive, how are you not biting? Maybe they were. Maybe they were, yeah. Or were they unconscious but still breathing, and he just shoved it down their throat? They never woke yeah. up from like being knocked unconscious. I mean, if we remember from part two, this you know there was a detailed description of this kid crying and stuff. It was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, this, this, part yeah. two available in the archives. <laughs> Jeez, go back and listen to last week. If you're listening to John Wayne Gacy, part three is your first show. You have a lot of your own issues to deal with. Well, you probably shouldn't jump in on a part three. Hey, you're you're a fucking moron. <laughs> Just saying. Dave said it, not me. But I would recommend going back and listening to part one and part two. Also, go way back to the beginning and listen to fucking Art Bell. And- Maybe they're following your advice, Mike, on top three lists, and they're going backwards. Three, two, one. Maybe you. Could yeah, but no one said. Like, no one said this is the this is the the best episode. Maybe they listen to you mocking Ian and I with our top three yeah, list. Because you guys are at number literally three. morons when it comes to giving your your best your list. It's just not okay. It gives me severe anxiety. And you're like, oh, my favorite of all time is such and such, and then number two. No, everyone stopped listening because you already said number one. I don't get it. I don't get it. A dick. It's like the best pair of tits in Hollywood is so and so. Okay, well, now we're all going to Google that, and no one's going to listen to who two and three are. Gacy was brought to trial on February 6, 1980, charged with 33 murders. 
He was tried in Cook County, Illinois, before Judge Louis Garipo. The jury was selected from Rockford because of significant press coverage in Cook County. At the request of his defense counsel, Gacy spent over 300 hours in the year before his trial with doctors at the Menard Correctional Center. He underwent a variety of psychological tests before a panel of psychiatrists to, to determine whether he was mentally competent to stand trial. Yeah, it seems fine to me. <laughs> Gacy had attempted to convince the doctors that he suffered from a multiple personality disorder. He claimed to have four personalities, the workaholic, the civil-minded contractor, the clown, the active politician, and his fourth personality was a policeman called Jack Hanley, who he referred to as, quote, Bad Jack. When Gacy had confessed to police, he claimed to be relaying the crimes of Jack, who detested homosexuality. His lawyers opted to have Gacy plead not guilty by reason of insanity to the charges against him. Was Pogo going to testify? I don't know. This is such bullshit. It's like, get the fuck out of here <laughs> with this nonsense. Presenting Gacy as a Jekyll and Hyde type character, the defense produced several psychiatric experts who had examined Gacy the previous year to testify their findings. Three psychiatric experts at Gacy's trial testified that they found Gacy to be a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personality disorder. That. The insanity thing is an interesting defense. He's not schizophrenic. No, he's not, he's not schizophrenic 100%. Yeah, like the, the archetype for an insanity defense, I, I think of people like Richard Chase, who we covered, who was clearly mentally ill, right? I think so. Yeah, he, I, I mean, know. he was a true schizophrenic yeah. and was just completely lost to his illness. Yeah, We've like, talked about Richard Chase so much tonight. Richard Chase is available in the archives. You guys should go back and listen to that one. I mean, that guy was out of his mind. That's what I think of when I think of, you know, criminally insane. I think it's, it's pretty clear that fucking Gacy is a very intelligent, charming, like he knows what he's doing trying to play the system guy. He just liked to kill kids. He knew exactly what he was and doing. And he was, he was probably a homosexual. And I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but like he had, maybe he had his own personal issues with being gay. And so he was taking it out on, on, his, on the people that he would hook up with. And a, and a pedophile, for sure. And a pedophile on top of that. Where was Chris Hansen when we needed him? Uh, I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat? I see you've brought donuts, uh, beef jerky, and uh, ligature tonight, uh, John Wayne. Why don't you have a seat? Dude, I can watch To Catch a Predator <laughs> fucking all day, every day. That show is so entertaining. And I'm so glad those pieces of shit get what they have yeah. coming to them. Look here, Chris Hansen. <laughs> I came to fuck. Who'd you come to fuck, Mr. Uh, Wayne? I came to fuck pilgrims, Chris Hansen. <laughs> You're going to get out of my way or I'm going to shoot you with my six-shooter. <laughs> Dateline my ass. I need my balls licked. We'll be right back. We like to drink beer, a lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than Just Brew Coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. 
Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check out their online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. And remember, they roast, you just brew. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology Beard Oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. The prosecutors presented a case that indicated Gacy was sane and fully in control of his actions. To support this, they produced several witnesses to testify to the premeditation of Gacy's actions and the efforts he went to in order to escape detection. Those doctors refuted the defense doctor's claims of multiple personality and insanity. Mm. Cram and Rossi both confessed that Gacy had made them dig trenches and spread bags of lime in his crawl space. Both te- <laughs> both testified that Gacy periodically looked into the crawl space to ensure that they and other employees ordered to dig these trenches did not deviate from the precise locations he had marked. Cram testified in August 1977, Gacy had marked a location in the crawl space with sticks and told him to dig drainage trenches, quote, a couple feet wide and knee high in order that a plumber could install piping. I'm sure everyone knows, but lime dissolves bodies. But do we think these assholes knew what lime was used for while they were performing this work on the, in the crawl space? Well, that's like we talked about in part two that Michael Rossi, a lot of people suspect he was one of the accomplices. Like he, yeah. he knew. I don't know. I just feel I like don't it's think common I'm... knowledge what lime does, right? I would say so. But these are also just young kids working for their boss. Just working for a powerful man. I guess. They're told to do what they had to do. I'm just saying I don't necessarily know if most... I, I, I would. I don't think most of these people knew what they were doing. No, you don't think so? I do not. Most of them. Maybe this Rossi, you know, there's an argument for her. Most of these kids, I don't think so. Mm. You better spread that line, good pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> I got cotton candy and cock rings upstairs when you're done. Cotton candy and cock rings. (laughs) Immediately after Cram had completed his testimony, Rossi testified for the state. When asked where he had dug in the crawl space, Rossi turned to a diagram of Gacy's home on display in the courtroom. This diagram showed where the bodies were found in the crawl space and elsewhere on the property. Rossi pointed to the location of the remains of unidentified victim known as Body 13. Rossi stated he had refused to dig any other trenches, but at Gacy's request, he supervised other PDM employees digging trenches in the crawl space. How many fucking people would you let down there in your crawl space? You're hiding bodies. Yeah, it's that's weird. So strange. On February 18th, Robert Stein testified that all the bodies recovered from Gacy's property were, quote, markedly decomposed and putrefied skeletalized remains, 
and that all of the autopsies he performed, 13 victims had died of asphyxiation, six of ligature strangulation, one of multiple stab wounds to the chest, and 10 in undetermined ways. When Gacy's defense suggested that all 33 deaths were accidental by erotic asphyxia, Stein called this highly improbable, which, <laughs> yeah. Like, are they suggesting probably autoerotic asphyxiation by all of these individuals? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's He accidentally was, you know, having sex and killed 33 people. <laughs> How do you get off, Dave? I'm sorry. <laughs> judge this guy. So I guess one of my other questions here is why, like, they're just shooting for an insanity defense. They're not... They're not denying he did this. When you're shooting for the insanity defense, you're not trying to. You you're know, trying to say he just he shouldn't be facing the maximum sentence. Yeah, you're not he denying be. he did right. this. You're trying to get him in a mental hospital and versus they are a criminal prison. But why are they contesting all this evidence if if their main focus is just trying to get him off as a criminally insane? Isn't individual? it just to get some kind of doubt in a jury? No. Yeah, well, Dave, again, like- again, Dave, you're de- dealing with the jury. Yeah. Just you put any doubt. I mean, would you not just throw all those darts in the air? If you're a defense attorney, why would you not? It's a good point. Let's yeah. make him sound crazy and let's defute the evidence and then we'll just see what sticks. Yeah, I agree. Sure. People are stupid, Dave. Oh, people are. Oh, stupid. People are we have an epidemic of stupidity in this country, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Jeffrey Rignall testified on behalf of the defense on February 21st, recounting his ordeal. Rignall wept repeatedly while describing Gacy's torture of him in March 1978. Asked whether Gacy appreciated the criminality of his actions, Rignall said he believed that Gacy was unable to conform his actions to the law's expectations because of the, quote, beastly and animalistic way he attacked me. During specific cross-examination relating to the torture, Rignall vomited and was excused for, for, from further testimony. Yeah. Again, like, why do you have to That's hammer the prosecution's witness if you're just trying to get off on insanity? You're just, I, you're yeah, just, I, you're pl- I get what you're saying. You're but playing it, anything, I think. Like, why are you disputing the facts of the case? You're already admitting that, but you're saying I'm not responsible legally because I'm insane. I agree. It doesn't add all, at, at all add up, but. On February 29th, Donald Voorhees, whom Gacy had sexually assaulted in 1967, testified to his ordeal at Gacy's hands and Gacy's attempts to dissuade him from testifying by paying another boy to spray mace in his face and beat him. Voorhees felt unable to testify, but did briefly attempt to do so before being asked to step down. Robert Donnelly testified the week after Voorhees, recounting his ordeal at Gacy's hands in December 1977. Donnelly was visibly distressed as he recollected the abuse he endured and came close to breaking down on several occasions. As Donnelly testified, Gacy repeatedly laughed at him, but Donnelly finished his testimony. I don't know how you don't just jump out of that witness box and just, dot, like, I don't know, conceal a pencil in your shirt and just dive at this guy and try to put it in his jugular. Yeah, I know, man. You're better. It's a lot of strength to get through that. Yeah, you're better off Absolutely. giving your testimony. And then, I mean, I understand it's not as fulfilling, but you're not going to get to him, probably. You're going to jump out of the box. You're going to get tackled by the deputy. You never know, man. But I'm just saying, you're better off giving your testimony, standing strong, and then in the end, he's, you know, this guy, at least in this story, he's going to get his. Yeah. No, you're right. But I I agree. Like, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. During Donnelly's cross-examination, one of Gacy's defense attorneys 
Robert Moda, attempted to discredit his testimony, but Donnelly did not waver from his testimony of what had occurred. During the fifth week of trial, Gacy wrote a personal letter to Judge Garpo requesting a mistrial on a number of bases, including that he did not approve of his lawyer's insanity plea strategy, that his lawyers had not allowed him to take the witness stand as he wanted to do, that his defense had not called enough medical witnesses, and the police were lying with regard to verbal statements he had purportedly made to detectives after his arrest, and that in any event, the statements were, quote, self-serving for use by the prosecution. What about the 30 bodies in your fucking crawl space, asshole? <laughs> right. I, right. <laughs> come on. Judge Garipo addressed Gacy's letter by informing him that both counsels had not been denied the opportunity or funds to summon expert witnesses to testify, and that under the law, he had the choice as to whether he wished to testify, and he was free to indicate as much to the judge if he wished to do so. Which he did um, not do. Right, no. Yeah, yeah. He was... Yeah, Just to it was clear. thrown back on him, and he shut the fuck yeah, up. Like, well, <laughs> fuck that. I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> yeah. On March 11th, final arguments from both the prosecution and defense attorneys began, with the arguments concluding on the following day. Prosecuting attorney Terry Sullivan argued, outlining Gacy's history of abusing young boys, the testimony of his efforts to avoid detection, and describing Gacy's surviving victims, Voorhees and Donnelly's, as, quote, living dead. I feel like that's not a great way to describe them, but it gets the point across. Yeah, that's that's what you want to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Living dead. I'm sure it's pretty valid. You want to drive those points home, right? Referring to Gacy as, quote, worst of all murderers, Sullivan stated, quote, John Gacy has accounted for more human devastation than many earthly catastrophes, but one must tremble. I tremble when thinking about just how close he came to getting away with it all. I mean, and quite frankly, if he would have stopped one murder short, he would have gotten away with it. I mean, I, I believe it was the persistence of Peist's family that honestly led to this, right? Yeah, and the fact that the one police officer in charge had a kid that went to high school with Peist, so he, he pushed further, you know, he pushed harder on it. Yeah, like if he would have stopped and not killed Peist and not drummed up that interest and... I, Which goes know. back to your comment earlier, how many of these still exist? Yeah. He might have gotten away. You never would even uh, know this guy's name. Dave, how many bodies are buried right now under your house? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. I'm not saying I don't it's know. you know. Yeah, but I'm sure. saying you don't know. Have fun sleeping at night, Holly. I can go to bed knowing there's none under my house because I checked. Did you? Yeah, I checked. Maybe I put some in there before you moved in next door to me years ago. Mm. How about that, motherfucker? Motherfucker! The only thing you'd be killing is barking dogs all night. <laughs> Also not, true. Not that you hate dogs. You don't like barking dogs. I do not. After the state's four-hour closing, defense attorney Sam Amarante argued for the defense. Amarante argued against the testimony delivered by the doctors who had testified for the prosecution, repeatedly citing the testimony of the four psychiatrists and psychologists who had testified on behalf of the defense. Amarante also accused Sullivan of scarcely referring to the evidence presented throughout the trial in his own closing argument and of arousing hatred against his client. The defense lawyer attempted to portray Gacy as, quote, a man driven by compulsions he was unable to control, contending the state had not met their burden of proving Gacy sane beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, that's not an excuse. Driven by compulsions he was unable to control. That's, you know, yeah, I mean, sorry, pal. Lots of people have compulsions. They control them. 
The jury deliberated for less than two hours and found Gacy guilty of the 33 charges of murder for which he had been brought to trial. He was also found guilty of sexual assault and taking indecent liberties with a child, both convictions in reference to Robert Peist. The conviction for 33 murders was then the largest number of murders charged to one individual in U.S. history. Has that since updated? I believe our pal um, Gary Ridgway holds that record currently. Oh, that guy. That motherfucker. Available in the archives. (laughs) That whole story. In the sentencing phase of the trial, the jury deliberated for more than two hours before sentencing Gacy to death for each murder committed after the Illinois statute on capital punishment came into effect in June 1977, and his execution was initially set for June 2nd, 1980. But as we know, I'm guessing it did not happen on June 2nd, 1980. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That stuff always gets pushed back. He's got some time left. A little bit. A couple months. (laughs) couple hundred months <laughs> during his time on death row gacy spent much of his time painting the subjects he chose were varied from birds to skulls even other murderers many of were clowns including himself as pogo or patches those are absolutely terrifying so i've seen a ton of these photos and i've been holding back posting them on our social media because <laughs> i wanted to wait till we talked sure. about them so now i'm gonna just i'm gonna post all of them this is or at least like the fun ones. Self-portrait number nine, red nose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say self-portrait number nine, red nose, body number nine. Oh, my God. And it's just him digging a grave or something. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a good fucking painter. I They're creepy-ass photos. They're fucking creepy as shit, But any though. photo with a clown in it is fucking creepy, well, anything, let alone yeah. when you find out that clown fucking killed 33 people. He's not a bad painter, though. The skull ones are creepy with like that. It's like a skull that consists of like just wrapping around of like naked women, male genitalia. Uh, like those ones are super creepy. He's a weird dude, man. We need to buy one of his photos for our studio. Oh, we need to buy shit. a good one luck painting. finding one. We'll find one. Okay. There's one for sale right now. And it's the Oriole bird one that some are, jackass had Cal Ripken jr. Sign. We'll find it. We are it's literally, 10 grand. We're the biggest true crime podcast in the world. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. <laughs> That's true. As, as voted by me, we're the biggest. <laughs> that holds a lot of clout, man. I Whatever. Get it. I don't give a fuck. Let's, it's let's for go sale get, right let's now. Let's go get for that 10 Cal grand. Ripken one. Let's go get it. Patrons, help us out. We want that Cal Ripken painting. <laughs> it is funny that Cal Ripken signed the John. Poor guy had no painting. idea. For the record, it's Cal great. Ripken, maybe the biggest sweetheart in all of sports. <laughs> like for real. Like he's just a good guy. He had no idea what he was signing. That's really funny. Ian, tell, can you tell that story? Yeah, someone just someone got a hold of it and took it to the. It was a painting of an um, Oriole, like the yeah, just the bird, Oriole bird, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Cal Ripken, the Iron Man of the Major League Baseball. Yeah, and got him signed. I think, I mean, I believe it was the same person took Gacy's uh, painting of the seven dwarves as the Chicago Cubs and took that to a Cubs game and got a bunch of the Chicago Cubs to sign that one <laughs> oh, as well. That's right. And those poor guys had no idea what the fuck they were doing either. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know what they were signing either. I love it. Yeah, those are I worth a lot of money. I want that Cal Ripken one. That'd be amazing. Ten right. grand, pal. It's we'll up for that. sale right now. Hey, help us out, listeners. We want that. His uh, his quote high ho series includes scenes from the Seven Dwarfs, and I, like we just talked about, he did one of the, the Chicago Cubs <laughs> that they signed. Hi ho! <laughs> it's off to work we go. Although Gacy was permitted to earn money from the sales of his paintings until 1985, he claimed his artwork was intended to, quote, bring joy into people's lives. 
I mean, that's what he's been doing all along. <laughs> yeah. What happened in Many 85? Of- Is it the Son of Sam law went into effect and he could no longer profit? Yeah, they said, yeah, fuck off. You're not getting money anymore yeah, for this yeah, shit. Good. Many of Gacy's paintings have been displayed at exhibitions. Others have been sold at various auctions with individual prices ranging between $200,000 and $20,000. His clown costumes and some of his paintings are on display at the National Museum of Crime and Punishment. And I believe it was the famous one of him as Pogo, like the self-portrait of Pogo that went for twenty grand. Where is the National Museum of Crime and Punishment? We've had some listeners go there and send us Is that the one in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? Is that what it is? Is that the one? I think so. Why there? There's a bunch of stuff in Pigeon Forge. It's like tourist stuff. I went to the Titanic Museum there one time. Of course, because when I think of Titanic, I think of Tennessee. (laughs) That's pretty cool, actually. They got a ton of shit. But just why there? They had a ton of fucking authentic stuff from the Titanic. It was pretty cool. Did they have Kate Winslet's tits? They did not. Pass. So, you know, something else I, re- I read that I, th- I thought was interesting about Gacy in prison is that when he was on death row, a bunch of prisoners got together and wrote this long rambling letter to like the warden or prison authorities, whatever, talking about how they were scared of Gacy because he had free roam of the whole place and access to like gardening tools and stuff. And they were afraid he was going to kill them. Really? Yeah. Other prisoners. Other prisoners. All these well, all these guys were on death row. So all these guys were fucking murderers. They were scared mm. of Gacy was going to fucking kill them all. But he got, you know, he was a model prisoner. He never caused any trouble. So he did gardening, whatever. So he got little gardening spears and tools and whatnot. They all got together and they were terrified of Gacy. Really? No. Yeah. If you were on That's death row, yeah. if you were on death row, Dave, would you rather have your death row and live it out and then they execute you? Yeah. Or maybe in your sleep, Gacy just mutilates your head with like a, a gardening hoe. You don't you don't expect it. You're sleeping. Mm, no, I go the distance for sure. You'd want to go the distance. Want my last meal? Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Ian, what about you? Uh, I would just I would rather wait for the end of you the. Want, you want the death row? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you? The the last meal is intriguing. <laughs> I don't know what, what the last <laughs> what meal. Fuck else are you looking for? I don't know. Though? But just dying in your sleep, like not knowing that like a, a fucking thing's gonna just come through your salt, mm. your head, and then you're just dead. That's just at the end of it. It's appealing, but I at the same it. time, you're on death row for so long that you you almost have to feel like you're gonna get out of it, right? Like he was on death row for 14 years. Sure. That's, so that's not even long comparatively. So in in some sense, like you might just think I'm gonna just naturally die in here. Also true. Like it just goes on and on. It's never ending. I'm not cutting which it is short. Also I can weird, be there forever. Absolutely. Which is also weird. Like, imagine you're on death row for 25 years. When that day comes, how weird is that? You've been you've been knowing you're gonna die for 25 years. Yeah. Living on death row, and it gets stalled. It's stalled. It's stalled. Now it's the day. How do you accept that? Have you already accepted it, or have you just accepted that you're just gonna mm. you're just gonna you know die naturally because it's, it's You've essentially started a new life on death row. 25 years. I would agree with that. Sure. I just the mindset is interesting to me. When you wake up that morning, this is the day I'm gonna die. What is I, I what think is you're the, like I've been planning for this all along. We always knew this day would come. But after twenty five years, I have twenty five years they can't take away from me. Right, but I, I'm, but my mindset my, what I'm thinking is, are you even accepting it at that point? 
Like, how do you wake up yeah, thinking, probably. yeah, today's a day? Because I guess they give you a date, but they've been giving you a date for 25 years that kept getting moved. Sure. And now it's like, oh, gosh, this hasn't been an extension. Now they're asking my last meal. Agree. It's just interesting to me. The whole thing's interesting. Still don't love it. It's just interesting. It's very fascinating. Yeah, I get it. Any hoodles. Ian, get us back on track, I guess. We went somewhere. On the morning of May 9th, 1994, Gacy was transferred from the Menard Correctional Center to Statesville Correctional Center in Crest Hill to be executed. That afternoon, he was allowed a private picnic on the prison grounds with his family. For his last meal, Gacy ordered a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken, a dozen fried shrimp, french fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. All right, obviously, I have to break this down. I mean, he was the colonel after all. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Dave, you don't like the Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't. Ian loves it. I don't like fried chicken. I don't, you don't love, which just baffles me. I don't love How it. How do you not love fried chicken? It's so good. I don't know. I just don't love it. What's your favorite kind of chicken then? Like, what? You chicken, like grilled chicken? Chicken parm. Chicken. Oh, that's fucking awesome. All right. Good answer. Good <laughs> and, answer. And wings on my no. grill. You want, yeah, that's a good answer. Grill, uh, ch- chicken parmesan is fucking Chicken phenomenal. parm's the best. It's really good. Ian, you love Kentucky Fried Chicken. I, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love think, fried chicken. Do you think the... I do too, man. I don't... Uh, uh, like a fried chicken leg is the greatest thing in the world. I or can make, fried, breast, chi- I can make fried chicken on my grill that you would swear is fried chicken. I will try that. All right. Absolutely. Um, do you think the dozen fried shrimp was from KFC? I don't know. Does KFC have I don't know. I don't, I, would, I, I don't know. I, actually, I guess it was I 94. Yeah. They, I don't know. French fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. Okay. That's an okay meal. I'll give that a B plus for the last meals. Eh, not, you don't like fried chicken. Nah, I'm not giving it a B plus. I give it a B plus. <laughs> We've, have we all discussed our last meals? I feel like we have. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Ian says yes. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm going out fancy. I don't, I'm not going out fried chicken. You want a, you want a ribeye? I'm at going least. Oysters, ribeye, fucking foie gras. A case of Miller Lite. Caviar. A case of Miller Lite. <laughs> I don't think the Miller Lights allowed. That's all I would want is just alcohol. I just want to get shit faced. I don't care about food. I want some LSD, I think, some shrooms, <laughs> some DMT, something. I don't want to know what's going on. Yeah, right. Right. That's the way to go. That evening, he observed prayer with a Catholic priest before being escorted to the Statesville execution chamber to receive a lethal injection. Oh, well, sure, the priest. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you confess before you're fried, the pearly gates open wide. I mean, you know. <laughs> Dave has that tattooed on his shoulder. <laughs> Absolutely. You do whatever you want until you, you know, fucking kill, rape, pillage. You just confess to Jesus and accept them, and then you're in heaven with all the people you killed. It's great. Great deal. Mm. I love it. (laughs) Before execution began, the chemicals used to perform the execution unexpectedly solidified, clogging the IV tube, administering the chemicals into Gacy's arm, and complicating the execution procedure. Blinds covering the window through which witnesses observed the execution were drawn, and the execution team replaced the clogging tube to complete the procedure. After 10 minutes, the blinds were reopened and the execution resumed. The entire procedure took 18 minutes. God damn. So if this is you, do you do you want it to just be done? Or are you clinging to every every last second of life thinking, you know, a miracle is going to happen and, and you're going to survive somehow? Yeah, I mean, they're going to do it no matter what, you know. They're, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, at that point they were getting that to work. They probably want it to be done. Just want it to be over. Uh, yeah. I also think this yeah. is 
it's an unfortunate circumstance that just adds to like human torture. Like you're just kind of torturing this human being who knows he's about to die. Maybe he deserved it, sure, but I think we're better than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the death penalty in a lot of cases, but eh. Well, again, like there's... I'm not worried about it taking an extra 18 minutes for Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're we're gonna do it, we need to do it right, probably. If you're gonna kill someone, you know, it's hard to argue against someone like this. Still against it, but this, uh, I don't know. It's just, it seems a little silly how we execute people in this country. Like in the Soviet Union, they take you into a room and they they put one in the back of your neck and that's it. They don't fuck around with all this nonsense. Also awful, but they still at least get the job done, I guess, quickly. I mean, it seems brutal, but is it less brutal than 18 minutes of fucking around with your veins when idiot prison officials don't know what they're doing? When you're laying there and everyone's watching you? No, that's terrible. This is that's why I said this is torture. This is I I don't disagree with unnecessary torture to a human being that I think our government is better than and we are better than as a country. Well, anesthesiologists blame the problem on the inexperience of prison officials who were conducting the execution, stating that had correct execution procedures been followed, the complications would have never occurred. This error apparently led to Illinois adopting an alternative method of lethal injection. On this subject, one of the prosecutors at Gacy's trial William Kunkel said, quote, he got a much easier death than any of his victims. It's also true. Question, why do they swab your arm with alcohol before they lethally inject you so you don't get an infection? <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> do they do that? Answer, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seems counterproductive no, or they do a waste do of time. I actually read that it, it helps your veins swell up a little bit, so it makes it easier to uh, you. Do they also tap them? Like hit yeah, them a little probably, bit? Probably, yeah. Wake those veins up. <laughs> According to published reports, Gacy was a diagnosed psychopath who did not express any remorse for his crimes. His final statement to his lawyer before his execution was that killing him would not compensate for the loss of others and that the state was murdering him. His final spoken words were, quote, kiss my ass. Kiss my ass, motherfucker. It's a piece of shit. I also don't disagree that killing him would not compensate for the loss of others. I cannot put myself in a victim's role and had, you know, if that was a family member, I might feel different. It would compensate for me. I don't know. Yeah. If I was a victim, I cannot speak for them. I, I, I really feel like if I, in my mind, putting myself in one of those parents' shoes, I would very much be fine with him being put to death. I, I think. don't think I would be fighting it. Agree. I just don't know if it would really make me feel better in the end, like over the loss of a, you know, a loved one. I have yeah. zero problem with executing people. I have a problem with justice being unequally administered in this country and i don't know. disagree with that either that's my, i do a, my, that's I my do, objection well we've discussed this enough on the show we don't have to get into yeah, it yeah, i have yeah, yeah i have a sure. whole problem with the execution process but also the whole justice process i agree in the hours leading up to gacy's execution a crowd estimated to number over 1,000 gathered outside the correctional center the majority of whom were vocally in favor of the execution, although a number of anti-death penalty protesters were also present. Some of those in favor of the execution wore t-shirts that said, quote, no tears for the clown, and the anti-death penalty protesters present observed a silent candlelight vigil. To be clear, I would not be out there candlelight vigiling. Uh, no. No? Might be a guest, 
against the death penalty, I would not be candlelight vigiling his death. Light a candle for me, pilgrim. I'm going out. (laughs) You and your fucking lung cancer, John Wayne. (laughs) There's a there's video of those uh, thousand people out there. If you ever want to see it on YouTube. No tears for the clown, motherfucker. (laughs) After Gacy's death was confirmed at 1258 a.m. on May 10th, 1994, his brain was removed. It is in the possession of Helen Morrison, a witness for the defense at Gacy's trial, who has interviewed Gacy and other serial killers in an attempt to isolate common personality traits of violent sociopaths. His body was then cremated after the execution. There's pictures uh, of the his brain slices out there, too, if you want to take a look at them. Oh, I didn't see any of those. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. In the months following Gacy's execution, many of his paintings were auctioned. Some were bought so that they could be destroyed. In a June 1994 communal bonfire held in Naperville, Illinois, and attended by approximately 300 people, including family members of nine of Gacy's victims. And then just to follow up on Gacy's main defense lawyer, Sam Amarante, Amarante received a lot of backlash for defending Gacy, which I guess I get to a degree because he was just like kind of throwing everything at the wall, trying to get something for Gacy. But everybody is owed a defense in this country. I mean, that's just how it works. Yeah, you have to. Everyone gets the, those rights. Right. If, if, if um, one person's not entitled to representation, then we're all at risk. Right. Yeah, exactly. Amaranti turned around all this this backlash and in 1984 authored procedures that were incorporated by the Illinois General Assembly into the Missing Child Recovery Act of 1984. Amaranti since stated that the primary inspiration for this legislation was the fact that at the time of the Gacy murders, there had been a 72-hour period which police in Illinois had to allow to elapse before initiating a search for a missing child or adolescent. The Illinois Missing Child Recovery Act of 1984 removed the 72-hour waiting period. Other states across America subsequently adopted similar procedures and sensibilities as a result of which a national network aimed at locating missing children was gradually formed. The national network has since developed into the child abduction emergency commonly known today as the Amber Alert. So at least something positive came out of all this. Yeah, yeah, got rid of that 72-hour shit and got the Amber Alert out of it. Yeah. Well, fuck, it almost took us, uh, you know, three weeks to get to something positive over here. That was a a tough one, man. Yep, that's the story of John Wayne Gacy. Okay, bye. One day we're actually going to cut us off when I say bye, and people are going to be shocked <laughs> as shit when the episode just ends. Look, it's uh, it's one person on the planet's better off without. Agreed. He was not a good human being. No. Ian, what final thoughts you got on John Wayne Gacy? Uh, I don't know. Particularly brutal, the murders in this one. They are pretty savage. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. It's a, it's a different level of brutality in this one, and I'm I'm excited for next week. Something a little lighter. Yeah, get back into my comfort zone a bit. So this was it was fun to get back to like our roots though with like a serial killer after like those six weeks, but we haven't had a good like cut up laugh and a good time with a story in a while. Yeah. Maybe next week. We'll try again. Who knows? I mean John Wayne was pretty funny. Well John Wayne was hilarious. The story yeah. of John Wayne Gacy, not so much. <laughs> no, yeah. No, yeah. Not so much, Pilgrim.
<laughs> God damn you, John Wayne Gacy. Will you read my Patreon uh, lames for me, John Wayne? <laughs> Maybe next next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have a, uh, a a makeup to do, and this motherfucker. We were going back and forth on Discord. I still don't know what the fuck his name is. It's either uh, Caleb or Caleb or Clabe. I said it wrong apparently the first time. I'm going with Caleb uh, McAfee. He also said it's okay to call him Granddaddy Long Dick. So I'm going to call him Granddaddy <laughs> Long Dick. There's a 100% chance that's not accurate. Well, uh, Caleb or Caleb, uh, Mr. McAfee, whatever you go by, uh, you, sir, Granddaddy Long Dick. Thank you. I hope I made things better. Yeah, take your micro penis and go home, pal. God damn. <laughs> I think him and his wife both joined. I think it's his wife. <laughs> Any heels. So thank you very much to him. I hope I made that name better in some way, shape, or form. Now I'm about to be fucking drunk and read a list of names about 75 pages long. Thank you very much to Austin Adams, Charles Wollenzak, Austin Hicks, Madison Nicole, Louisa Steinberger, Chansey Sanders, Danielle Engelhart, Keys Maverick, Molly Crouch, Fat Daddy, Lauren, Susan George, Jim Bickle, Monica Lee, Alexandra Janchek, Amanda Dalton, Jody Barterash, Emily, Jake Wall, Brianna Kern, Nicholas Toledo, Fang, Mary Erler, Mackenzie Hopkins, Parker Schlatter, C. Simone, Maggie Bender, Taylor Jane, and Liz Vicenza. We appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for joining. We are at patreon.com slash necronomapod. We have three different tiers available all featuring exclusive perks. Also, Maggie Bender. I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's canceling her Patreon as we speak. A lot of people are joining Patreon. That's where all the cool kids are at, right? Uh, that's where I hang out. A lot of good material counts. there. Yeah, I think we have some good stuff coming up. And we've had some good stuff. I would agree. Uh, Ian, what do you got from uh, the uh, reviews? For iTunes, I have one for Nismo Slider. Fire Lizard 420, Shell Bell 87, Biking Zack, Ginger CB 47, Jam Jam 1016, Jordan with an I, and Awesomeberg 19. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Appreciate it. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, at Necronomapod. Please hit us up. Let us know what you think of the show. Likes, dislikes. You feel inclined? Signed up for sign up for Patreon. We got three bonus shows a month, plus other uh, uh, perks uh, for the different tier levels. And uh, I'm working on setting up our MySpace page, so that's coming soon. <laughs> MySpace.com/slash/necronomapod <laughs> oh, yeah. coming your way soon. Uh, all right, thanks so much. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>